Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with immediately actionable steps and a wealth of wisdom. Steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our very special guest, Stephanie Walter. Stephanie is the CEO of Airbay Wealth, a capital raiser, syndicator, and real estate investor. She recently retired and sold her insurance agency of 16 years by following the key principles that she teaches professionals to use. She teaches professional people to unlearn what most of us have been wired to think about money and re-educating people on attaining lasting wealth. She is a gateway between these professionals and well-vetted deals. And one of the things that she mentioned when we were in the green room was Airbay is a German word meaning legacy. So I'm really excited to bring you here to the show today. Stephanie, welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to diving into this conversation because I feel like, uh, especially for wickedly smart women, we really need to understand, you know, the basics of money, but also understand that we are in a rapidly shifting landscape. And so, uh, getting support, getting help as we evolve as a society, I think is probably the number one most important thing we can do for people. So I'd love to have you start, Stephanie, by sharing a little bit about, you know, maybe your money story. Were you the little girl who had a lemonade stand and you were collecting money? Or were you the one that always played the Monopoly game and you were in charge of the the bank box? Tell us a little bit about your personal money story. (laughs) I have to say that I was definitely influenced by my dad and and my mom, but my dad was the entrepreneur. He's actually a second generation German. His father came straight over from Germany and became an entrepreneur shortly after. And my dad was an entrepreneur as well. So I think the gift he gave me as far as money went was probably just being able to watch him create things like uh, create a business and then just work really, really hard to make that business work. And it was a different like framework than a lot of people who see their dads go off in the morning and, you know, come home, you know, work nine to five, have the two weeks of vacation a year and, and sort of work like that. I was able to watch my dad work on things that made him passionate that, you know, fulfilled him. And I think that was a, that was huge for me. I, I worked, actually, I did have a W2 job and um, realized eight years into it that, you know, the 2% raises just weren't going to cut it. And I remember talking to my dad and just saying, man, if if this is it for me, I just, I don't, 
there's something that's missing, you know, to be dependent on, you know, and I'm not saying anything bad necessarily, but for me, I felt a little unfulfilled in the job that I was in. And he said, well, you can keep working there. You already know what is going to happen. You know what to expect there. You can go out on your own and you can really uh, depend on yourself to make your life what you want it to be. And so I quit shortly thereafter and started an insurance agency. And that's, that's when, you know, that was in my early thirties and I really had to become my whole life, you know, changed when you become a business owner and just your, you know, ideas of money and, and all of that changes. It certainly (laughs) does. But at the same time, I still did invest in single family real estate because I always loved real estate. It always seemed to make sense to me. Mm. So that's what I invested in. And then in about 2016, I was invited to a boot camp that was going to talk about buying apartments. And that's when uh, I first heard the the word syndication. Mm. And I, um, I was 45 years old. i my goal at that point was I was going to sit on my rentals and just kind of wait the 30 years for them to be paid off and then live off the rental income. That was what I had planned. And after that boot camp, it just drastically changed me. I thought that it was like the heavens opened up and I finally understood, you know, what I needed to do with my life. And I have been doing it ever since, which is um, putting together these deals where basically a pool of people invest together and they buy something larger than anyone can do on their own. Mm. And um, in the process of working with a lot of investors, I changed my mindset of my money and was able to retire this year, sold my agency in July of 2021. Ah, congratulations, (laughs) Stephanie. All right. Well, beautiful. So there's a few little pieces I'd like to unpack in there for our listeners. So if you're willing, I'd love to have you go back because, you know, I know that our listeners here at Wikileaks Smart Women, some of them are perhaps still in their profession and possibly contemplating quitting the corner office, like I like to say. And especially after the last two years of Corona, where people have had the opportunity to actually realize that they don't have to go into an office necessarily to get the job done. So I'd love to have you, if you wouldn't mind for a moment, to just go back to where you were when you made the decision to leave the kind of corporate structure. Mm -hmm. And besides your encouragement from your dad, would you say there was anything else that, that you needed to do or know or feel that allowed you to make that decision, that initial first decision to get Mm -hmm. into your own business? I think uh, just, I'm a big mindset person, but I did have a, I've always had a a pretty positive, optimistic attitude. And my, I felt like I've always felt this way. I don't know, you know, if it's true or not, but I've always felt, you know what, things are going to work themselves out. Mm -hmm. Things will work themselves out. And they, and they always have. But at the time that I quit, I was, I was single. So maybe for someone married or whatever, with more responsibilities, there would be some more consideration there. But 
for me, I just felt like if I went out and just followed my dream and worked really hard, I would make it work. And if I failed, then I just go back to doing what I was doing. You know, I could go back to this job and, and continue doing that. But if I didn't go out and try it, I felt like that to me was the driving force to get me out because Mm -hmm. there really wasn't much to lose. Yeah. I remember for me when I, I actually spent 20 years in the real estate industry and my last project was two partners with 51 single family houses, 56 apartments and an office building. And I was managing about a hundred million dollars in assets before that, before we ended up in that project. And, and then when I made the, when I made the decision for me, so my experience was I knew I was going to die if I stayed another minute. (laughs) So it was definitely like, I'm going, I'm jumping off the ledge. I'm never looking back kind of situation for me. It is. It's like jumping off the ledge. It it is. And once you do it, you've done it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And once you do it, you know that you can do it again, which is probably why it was, um, you know, it was something that allowed you to shift your mindset and retire yourself from your insurance agency. So let's talk about what happened then. Like what, what was the mindset shift? Can you pinpoint the mindset shift or what you needed to do to know that it was actually time to exit your entrepreneurial venture, your insurance agency? Yeah. I mean, I'd had frustrations, you know, along all the, along the way. You're an insurance agent. I was a captive agent for, you know, a, a large company that just meant that I could only sell for them and no one else. I felt like there was a lot that wasn't in my control. So although people liked me, I couldn't control the rates at the end of the day. I couldn't control the claims. And as this business kind of started out as a family, it slowly and slowly over time became more and more corporate um, and less control I had of my own business. So that was kind of in the back of my mind. And so when I yeah learned about this other I wasn't really sure that I would ever really retire out of out of my business. It just happened very quickly when I changed my mindset. So it did actually surprise me. A lot of times I have to go back and be like, it was only okay. That that wasn't very long at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one of the key words that you did say there is you know, at the end of the day, it's everything is down to selling, right? So, you know, what are you selling? How are you selling it? How are you getting compensated for the selling of it? And in your case, you actually sold your agency when you made the decision to go off in this new direction. So um, we are going to take a short break, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about where you are now, how you help people now, and maybe, um, you know, wrap up with the bow a little bit about the experience of selling your business, because not a whole lot of people who might be listening are at that stage. I'm sure there's people who are in the corner office thinking about starting a business, but not a whole lot of people actually think about selling something. 
And uh, so when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use some help. If you are enjoying our show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We are also celebrating. Uh, we've won four awards. We just got uh, the fourth award in the mail the other day uh, from the W3 Awards. So we won four awards this year or actually three this year and one last year. And I just found out also that on the Good Pods app, and if you aren't on the Good Pods app, you might want to consider getting on the Good Pods app, that the show is number four in the top 100 indie marketing chart, number six in the top 100 marketing chart, and number eight in the top 100 in the entrepreneurship chart. So we are celebrating all kinds of charting and awarding and all kinds of other things that are happening right now here uh, at the show. And I want to thank all of our amazing Wickedly Smart Women guests, without whom that would not ever be possible, as well as my team on the back end. And I also want to thank all of our listeners, of course, who are downloading, rating, and reviewing from all around the world. We are now up to 94 countries as of last week, and we're welcoming thousands and thousands of downloads. I want to shout out this week to our listeners in Germany. We might as well talk, say hi to the listeners in Germany. Uh, and let's see, why don't we just stay in Europe? Germany, France, and Spain. And we will be right back with Stephanie Walter. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Stephanie Walter. And uh, before we went to the break, we were talking a little bit about her entrepreneurial journey. I want to let everyone know where they can find out more about Stephanie and what she's doing now, which is uh, syndicating deals and raising capital and helping people invest in real estate. So you can find out more about Stephanie at Airbay Wealth. Dot com, and that is spelled E-R-B-E-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. We will have more about that for you in the show notes. And remember, Airbay is the German word for legacy. So let's talk about that, Stephanie. You are definitely an accomplished woman and a brave woman and a wickedly smart woman and a courageous woman. You, you've left corporate, you started your own business, you sold your business, and now you have a new I don't know. Do you call this a hobby now because you're officially retired or are you in your second career wind here or second entrepreneurial wind? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have. Yeah. I don't think I'm, I'm still kind of trying to wrap my mind around that, but I just, uh, I love 
what I do. And so I, I do, I work now because I love it. So mm-hmm. it's a, probably the first time in my life that I feel that strongly about. Something. And you found the fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk for our listeners who don't know at all what, what we're talking about here. Let's talk in baby bird bites, like <laughs> kindergartner language. For those who are not familiar with how you can actually become wealthy by getting involved in syndicating and real estate deals. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, the uh, syndication is just a really, it's been around for centuries, to be honest. And it's been largely for the, the very upper crust, wealthy people that have banded together, pulled their money together to buy an asset that's managed by a professional who manages the commercial property and then runs it and then sells it. So what happened significantly in just a few years ago in 2012 is there was the Jobs Act that was a bipartisan um, piece of legislation that was passed. And what it it had a lot of different features in it, but the part that was interesting was it it deregulated small businesses and let them, you know, get funding from different sources. So what that did in my industry was that prior to that time, I could not go out and talk to someone about an investment opportunity I had unless I had a prior relationship with them. And I would have to have that documented well. So that really just lent itself to you know, people being in a country club, you know, passing these tips back and forth. So the wealthy to stay very wealthy with the change in 2012 that allowed us to market our deals, email to mass people, advertise. So this is relatively new for the average investor. But what it is, is we find a property. It's um, for us, it's a multifamily apartment complex. We get 75 to 80% of the loan, and then we raise the additional 20 to 25% from our investors. So our investors that come in are considered passive investors, truly passive. They have no responsibilities at all, except for collecting their check, which we issue every month, a cash flow check when we own the property. Our goal is we find a property in a great area or there's many, many different aspects of of finding a property where you can add value to it. And we run it and then we sell it in three to five years. And well, I'm on my eighth syndication with my partner and we have consistently returned over 20% annualized returns. So that's not 20% for five years, that's 20% each year. Why it's so powerful is one, cash flow. You're given cash flow from day one. Um, It's an incredibly stable asset class. I tell people, my investors uh, that are new to this is, please just check everything I'm telling you on the internet. But multifamily is where a lot of insurance companies and pension funds put their money because they know it's a stable asset class, relatively recession proof, which we've seen through COVID and in the last recession. Yeah. One of my two partners in in the project that we did basically lived off of 
his multifamilies that mm-hmm. he he had built and and managed. So, you know, one thing I I know about real estate is people are always going to need a place to live. Correct. And that's what makes it so stable. So what I'd like to ask you now is when you talk about some key principles that you teach and teaching people to unlearn what they've been wired to think about money, if you could give us just a little bit of that, a little taste of that today, that would be awesome. Like what's maybe one thing that people have in their mindset about money that are in the professional space. I'm guessing, you know, when you're talking about professional people, you're probably talking about people in middle to upper management or in the C-suite who probably are sitting with a 401k and, you know, maybe maybe a residential piece of property that they're either have equity in or maybe own outright. So why don't you talk a little bit about some of the mindset that they might be in that's actually keeping them from 20% a year in return? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I could talk about it forever, but I'll keep it simple. The the first, and I think mindset is key to all of this, but the mindset that we are all taught actually, and that we all need to break is that we're taught an accumulation mindset. Okay. That that's what I was doing with my rental properties. I bought them and I was just going to sit and let them accumulate for me. And then in 30 years, I was going to take the money, but for, you know, the majority of people that for that is there for a one K just, we're going to put money in there. We don't expect anything really to come out of it. Uh, we're going to just set it there for 30 years. And then uh, we don't know what it's being invested in. Um, we have very little, if no control over, you know, what the stock market is going to do as far as the volatility. But we look at it as a nest egg, just it's going to be there. What the wealthy, they think very differently about money and the mindset they have is utilization and they use their money. And so they know what their money, their money, they largely invest in these syndicated deals. They invest in businesses. They invest a little bit in the stock market, but they want to understand, you know, the fee structure they're paying, the tax ramifications, and also is their cash flow, because that's the second thing is, are your investments producing a cash flow? That's a, that's a hugely, because that really gets everybody out of their golden handcuffs is, you know, what I call it is, you know, not being strapped to your work. If you can have cash flow coming in, that gives you the opportunity to do, you know, something that you love. There's a lot more to it than that, but I think that is the biggest mindset change that you have to overcome is that you need to be get into your money a little bit and understand how it's being invested and look at these different alternate options because it is a great time in our history for you to be more in control of your money. Mm. And yeah. beautiful. I want to ask a very specific question. And I'd love to have you like one of the things that you said is you raised 20% from investors. So if you could give me a little bit more detail, let's say, let's just pick a deal out of your head that you've done. 
like how many people are you syndicating? How much money approximately are you, you know, raising from your investors? Mm-hmm. You know, how much time to cash flow? Just a few of those little details I think are going to be really helpful right. too. Well, I'll talk about the one that we're doing right now. And it's 160 units. It's $18 million in uh, Tallahassee, Florida. It's our third property that we've acquired there. Um, So we're actually raising a little bit more than what we need to to raise to close the loan because our business plan, um, which, you know, if you're looking to invest in these types of deals, two things, you need to know the track record of who you're working with, and you need to know the business plan and the exit strategy. So for this property, we're planning to hold them hold the property for three to five years to execute our business plan, which is doing small renovations and getting this property basically up to market rent and getting it running efficiently, just like a business. So we raise, we're raising $6 million from our investors for, you know, closing the loan and also having some money to start some renovations in the property. So each investor, we, I know we say a hundred thousand per investor, but I have in this deal, you know, some investors that are coming in with $50,000 a year. So when they invest that initial amount, it takes us three months to stabilize the property. And then after those three months, that's when the cash flow starts coming in and that gets paid monthly. And that's paid monthly until we achieve our goal that we can attain within the three to five years. And that is doubling our investors' money. That's the goal we go into all of our properties with. At that time, really depends on the, oh, so how many people I think was a question. So for this one, probably about 40 people will be in it. So it's it's not a huge group of people. Um, It's very personalized. Um, People, I think, really love it because they're able to like call me. I just talked to an investor today. I said, any problems on our portal, you know, navigating, call me on my cell phone you know, I pick it up all the time. So, you know, they have a connection with a person with great customer service because this is our business is having investors and we wouldn't stay in business if we didn't make our investors happy because they need to invest with us again and again. Exactly. All right. Well, we are down to our last minute, Stephanie. So thank you so much for being willing to go even uh, deeper into the details there. I am really grateful that you are in the world doing the wonderful work that you're doing. And I'm going to definitely encourage our wickedly smart women to go check out airbaywealth.com. Again, we'll have that for you in the show notes. And like anything, you definitely want to do your research. As Stephanie mentioned, you know, go ahead and look on the the web and see about stable asset classes and you'll uh, see why multifamily investing in a syndicate may make some sense for you. Anyway, I want to say thank you again to you, Stephanie, for being here. And listeners, we do love feedback. Please do let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. 
Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.